0: Welcome to the Vortex Nation podcast, brought to you by lovers of hunting, shooting, public lands,
1: the Second Amendment, and good food. What is up, everybody? Got Jimmy to my right, and across the table, virtually, in electronic communication land, we have... He's waving, folks. He's waving. If you're watching, you got to see it. Remy Warren is waving to you right now. That's a that's a customized way. So <laughs> we got a kind of a got a unique one here today, Jim. It's kind of part listener question special, part tied into a really cool film that uh, the video team put together. One of our Trailblazer films featuring Remy Warren, and kind of the the topic of that film and the topic of uh, this person's question kind of revolves around like self filming and documenting your own hunts, which I know for me personally for a long time always seemed like a good idea and, and it is it's super cool you, you get to try and capture some memories but I, I know pretty much every time I, I tried it I'd be like yeah this is a good idea I should go do it and then uh, the, the tripod fell over and he ran away <laughs> and I'm like well wait now I now I, I really didn't document anything and I'm just I'm just frustrated I uh, yes so yeah. anyway but we've got We've got a pro with us today, so and and maybe Absolutely. he can uh, help me out personally with this, and also kind of talk to uh, talk about I guess your your self filming journey, Remy, and the stuff you've learned along the way, as well as uh, anything else. Yeah, not only
0: not only do you hunt and hunt very well, and in a manner that many people enjoy watching on you know your show and everything, but also. You've been filming all that for... I can't even fathom the amount of hours of footage you must have compiled over your time in self-filming hunts. I mean, just an abundance of...
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's, like, more stuff that I've lost than probably (laughs) I should even talk about. But it's just, like, so much of it has just been trial and error. And like you said, I mean, it's just, like... It's one of those things that was difficult starting out, but it was just, for me, born out of necessity. I loved capturing videos. I loved the filming aspect. I loved sharing those videos, but I did not have the funds nor anybody I knew that could film anything. So (laughs) I just did it myself. (laughs) The true, like, DIY style. It's like, if you don't have someone, just do it yourself. And because of that, uh, I think it's overall made me a better hunter. It's made me a, I guess, a unique genre of photographer. <laughs> and it's, um, and it's been something that I've actually come to enjoy as much of the hunt as like other aspects of it, especially being able to like, share that. And, you know, I, I get to see some awesome places get to spend a lot of time hunting. So to be able to like, share that with people. And I think that that's like it, it's worth the extra pain in the ass that it is to film myself. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, and now I, I'm i like used to it now. I think it's almost easier to film myself than have somebody else film me. So I'm like, now I kind of like it. Yeah, interesting.
0: That, that is interesting. Right off the bat, I mean – you know, we've had many different podcast topics on here where we've talked about, you know, tips or tricks or or all kinds of different uh, methods and stuff like that around hunting. And you even mentioned, like, you feel it's made you a better hunter. Is that just because it's made you so much more aware of what's going on around you? The fact that you're not only just trying to, like, oh, look at that over there, but you might film it as well? And
1: Or or is it because yeah. you, like, actually have to stalk a mule deer twice and so you're getting, like, double <laughs> yeah. the experience? It's the
2: double whammy. It's like stalking with the cameras, so then stalking with the bow. Or the whole thought of like, I don't know how many times I've blown a stock on a good deer by my release hitting my tripod leg. And being like, okay, so like just paying attention to every little thing and kind of figuring out like the way I see like stalking with the cameras. Like, all right, I have to stalk that animal and I am a bull in a china closet. How do I make myself more sneaky? How do I (laughs) approach in a way that it's not going to know? What kind of setup is going to give me the time to set up the camera? And by choosing those stocks and those things, like, it's just made me find kind of like a little secret loophole on how, like, when I'm not carrying a, a camera, I was just like, I, I, I've done some hunts recently where I was just like, I'm not going to film anything. I'm just going to go out. And I was like, wow, this is almost too easy. I'm super lethal now. This is awesome. I'm not used to this. It's like if you just if you just had somebody like following you around with symbols while you're hunting all the day, like a monkey on your back, just scaring away deer. And it's like you find a way to hunt with that monkey on your back. Then you don't have the monkey. And you're like, dang, I'm super sneaky. I like that. It's there you like, go. Yeah, that's like the uh, and then, hunt. And then after a day, you're like, where's that damn monkey? This isn't any fun anymore
0: (laughs) yeah it's like the hunter's version of uh weight training you know you just uh you you essentially are training with something that makes it much more difficult yeah Yeah, I bet exactly
1: yeah I, i can imagine you're like shouldn't i shouldn't i be doing something right now like i feel like something's missing you know like oh it's all the extra equipment and time and hassle and challenge yeah Yeah,
0: when we were talking with uh, Wyatt and Eric on here, who were both you
1: know talking about the
0: photography side of thing, both of them mentioned the fact that in some ways, it even was like difficult for them to articulate or say because you almost can't even just like go out and straight up say it because like they were saying in some ways they almost appreciate or enjoyed photographing the hunt more than the actual hunt. But, of course, you can't really ever get to that point with ever out ever first really, really enjoying the hunting side of things. So there is – you can't kind of have one without the other. But it does it does take, it seems, a special kind of breed to really enjoy, uh, enjoy doing that. And uh, the stuff you've captured over time, Remy, has been uh, – I mean, there's some really, really unique shots. And I think – I know myself, if ever I've gone out and tried to video myself doing something – Generally, it's like I hold the camera out and I'm like, well, that doesn't look very cool because I'm just sort of like holding this camera here and it's all shaky, you know. And then it's like, well, maybe I'll set it up on a tripod. And then I sort of forget that it's over there on the tripod. So I've only had one camera angle the entire time. And then I'm <laughs> like, well, that's really boring, you know. And then it's like, maybe I'll move it this one time. But then after a while, you're just sort of like, I don't really get it. How do you, how are you continually finding ways to make all these videos interesting, finding unique? camera angles and stuff i mean that that all takes you gotta have an eye for it
2: yeah i think you you, you have an, uh, kind of a, a creative i've Pretty creative and like, a lot of different things. So having that creative eye. And then also just, like, the throw-and-go where you just throw the camera out there wherever it lands and then that's your shot. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> oh, that's, re- that's so avant-garde. It was straight <laughs> up and down and then fell over afterwards. <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. Blows my mind. But most of us just act... Belongs in a museum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, there's no film in the camera. Uh, no, I, I think... <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of it is just, I mean, you know, just having that creative eye that I think a lot of it comes down to like, also, I think some people are really good at filming. Some people are really good at photography. And so I kind of started actually filming and doing photography simultaneously. So having like a good photograph, like an eye for photos and then turning those like photos into video kind of helps a lot too. like thinking of like creative angles to make, You know, you can, you can take a picture, like three people could take a picture of the same thing. And somebody that kind of has that ability to capture it in a different way will make it, they'll stand out and be like, wow, that's really good. And then one might just look like a snapshot and another one might just be, you know, so mixing all that together and kind of having that idea of what things look like when you do it really, really helps for sure.
1: For sure. I know we were chatting one time and I I, I wish I could remember what you said, but like it stuck with me enough that I remember it, but I don't remember it. But you're like, I'm like the king of the like authentic selfie or something. Or what? What did I can't remember. Maybe maybe you don't remember. It, but did I it come know.
0: after the picture out there of like Remy scaling a mountain in a rainstorm I, and I, looking like the Grim Reaper coming up over a rock face? That's a good picture. It's
1: like semi. <laughs> yeah, I think it was that one that's like semi blurred. Like yeah, the weather looks horrible. Like really, the last time you'd everything actually want miserable. to miserable. Taking a picture. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I think. I've never really liked selfies. My wife will be like, let's take a selfie. And I was like, I hate selfies. And then she was like, do you know that, like, that's what you do? (laughs) You, like, take 10,000 frames of selfies per second. And and I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, fine. Well, I like my kind of selfies. All right. (laughs) Leave me alone.
1: (laughs) Quit being right. Yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: We, uh chatted with you, uh, back a little, a little while back when we were, uh, actually in your neck of the woods. And, uh, we talked about, oh, just all the different things you've had to do as far as, uh, your kit or just, uh, getting bushy, uh, we called it, uh, in terms of some of the experience you've gained. And as far as essentially survival goes when you're out in the, in the wild. And one thing, that I remember you brought up is the fact that in many cases you are battling gear that you have to bring in order to survive and hunt, and sort of the trade-offs of how much of that you can take versus how much of your filming equipment you need to take, and uh, in in hearing you talk about you know all this loud and and sort of ungainly filming equipment that you have to have on you, I mean, what what is it that you find yourself out there with most commonly is it like a camera and a tripod or are you rocking more than one camera are you using your your you know your phone a lot or how much stuff do you have out there with you?
2: Oh I got so much stuff. (laughs) It's like (laughs) I mean for for when I my normal like filming setup I have my main camera which is a Sony A7S2. I have a 50 millimeter lens and then I have a variable lens that's like twenty 25 to 240 or 24 to 240. That's like the main thing. Just that camera and lens without the extra lens is about the weight of a rifle. Oh, <laughs> and then okay. I've got, I carry a, a like one or two batteries per day for that camera. Then I often have like a backup camera. That's just like a, that I use for like long distance shots. Sometimes, it just depends on the hunt whether it's a bow hunt or rifle hunt i might take like another lens for like wildlife stuff but that lens is about seven or eight pounds um so i always have at least that the main camera and the two lenses i don't really use a gopro very often but i always have one just in case i haven't actually the footage quality from them just like the batteries are always dead and whatever and i just kind of stopped carrying it for a while but i always have like a secondary camera whether it's like a handy cam or something some kind of secondary camera and then all the batteries for that and now and a lot of times i'll also take like a small drone um (laughs) so like in the camera stuff it's about i don't know it's a lot of weight i mean yeah with all the batteries and then i have you know like a backup and then i also have like you know my phone which i use so i don't i don't really i mean i use that for other things but you know i also have like a portable charger for like the gopros or anything like that as well so like a secondary charger just in case and then extra memory cards and a tripod and then you know tripod heads for every different camera so most times i have three or four cameras with me which is ridiculous wow but like a lot of times if i'm stocking in I use that secondary camera. It's like I have my A cam, which is the one I always have with me. It's high quality, whatever. And then I've got that handy cam. But if I'm stocking in, like if you, I'll set that up and stock in. So if something gets messed up, I've got like that as a backup or things to cut in and out of. Then I've got the camera with me. Then I put that camera on something. Then when I go to shoot, I probably take the handy cam out of my pocket and set that down as the angle on me doing that. So there's. Pretty much four cameras, and then I take the drone if I'm like somewhere where I can use it for like some extra shots and only probably get two or three shots with that and kind of decide why do I take this. But then I get some cool stuff, and I'm like, sweet, glad I took that. Uh, I just yeah. got it's like 30 pounds of.
0: I just <laughs> got like, I just got like mega anxiety when you got to the point when you were talking about when you're about to shoot because I'm thinking of being on a stock and that's already sort of your senses are all tuned into what the animals doing where you are how much noise you're making where you're putting your each individual step yada yada so to to set up a camera to even watch that is that takes some forethought and and just mental aptitude of knowing what's going on and being aware of, of all these things but then if you're trying to also get a a shot
1: of you shooting
0: how does that work i mean are you quick like
1: Well, I mean, seriously, like, just hearing Remy, like, go through that list of gear, number one, I got tired just thinking about carrying it, and then number two, (laughs) like, you're setting all these cameras up, and then, like you said, you get to that moment of truth where you take the shot, and then all of a sudden, like, ah, he moved, and now you've got this, like, breadcrumb trail of cameras that you need to, like, readjust because it moved, and, like...
0: Yeah, the animals, you can't just be like, ah, cut, cut. All right. Uh, yeah. I'm going to need you to move back there and uh, we're just going to start this all over again. Yeah, it, usually that, it's it like, ah, uh,
1: cut. i uh, we'll find another one, I guess. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, you know, it just
2: depends on the hunt too and like where I'm going and what I'm doing. I would say I don't make it any easier on my. Like, if, I, if it's like something that I'm like day hunting, I actually carry way more stuff because I'm like, oh, I'm day hunting, I'll carry more. If I'm backcountry hunting, I try to. It's one of those things. I'm like, well, if I don't have it, I'll want it. And you know, every stock is different. So one, I might just be like, hey, I don't have time, but uh, to set up, you know, this this backup camera. So I'm just going in with the main camera. But there's so many there's so many times where I've gone in and like stock something or whatever, and I n- couldn't get it on film. And it's like that the the time that it took to get the camera where it needs to be and focused and everything. And the deer moved out of the shooting lane or moved off or whatever. And I didn't get a shot. I know that there's like one heartbreaker that I probably now hindsight maybe should have shot. But there's like a 200 inch mule deer with my bow that I had a shot on, but I couldn't get on film. And I decided not to shoot it. So you're like, well, that's stupid. But it's like, if I go on a hunt and I'm saying to myself, I'm going to film it. I have to commit because if I don't commit, you'll always hit the easy button and you'll never get anything. And it just—it's ha- like because—and it, it's not like saying that one time is different because it's a giant buck, but there's always an excuse of that time where it's different. And it's like I because I did that for about a season, and like, sh- and I was like never got anything, and then <laughs> so I just had to say I had to say, look, it's all or nothing. If I go out with the intent of filming it, and there's some stuff now that I just don't even have the intent of filming, or I'm like. I'm gonna make an Instagram story and I'm not gonna try to get the shot on film sweet it doesn't matter mm-hmm. or maybe just use like a backup cam and, and even on like the solo hunter stuff, there's stuff where it's like I couldn't get on the camera but I knew I got it on a third angle or man I had a hunt. I stalked in like perfect, had a GoPro and my second and my main camera. I set the main camera up, crawled in front of it, r- go up, shoot the deer go back to the camera the heat had like fried the battery while i was crawling to the deer that one had turned off my gopro had turned off but the one that was set up like a mile away was still filming and got everything you you just you never know like and then sometimes i don't do that backup yeah then sometimes you don't do that backup and it's like the only thing you get of the shot is the gopro thing because something failed or something got messed up but yeah, it's a, it's a process. And I think that there's a lot of people that, um, having seen the Solo Hunter thing and stuff, have thought like, okay, actually self-filming is possible. That's what I think is the coolest thing about it is like anybody can do it. We don't have equipment that's like impossible to get. I mean, because we do it like, you know, we've got pretty high quality stuff, but it doesn't really make a difference, to be honest. You yeah. can do it with anything. It's like something anybody can do. And I'm sure that there are a lot of you know, it's like people like to film the hunt and capture it. So to see somebody do it, it's like, okay, I can actually do that. When I when I first started, you know, I was talking to someone about it, like, oh yeah, you know, like they're like, What kind of hunting do you do? Is like, you know, I love bow hunting mule deer. And they're like, You will never kill a spot and sock mule deer with a bow on film. And I was like, Nay, sir. <laughs> I will do it with a, I will do it with my recurve. Because it's just that Like, once you've seen someone do it, you know that you could do it, too. But up until that point, nobody... I'd never seen anybody do anything like that. So you're like, okay, is it possible, or is it just that people don't commit to it and want to try? And I think that that's... Yeah. You commit to it, you can do it.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, number one, that is super inspiring, right? And I think, like anything, or or hunting, I mean, like... Or one component of the hunt is, like, you, you are seeking a challenge, right? And, like, you know, I love to bow hunt, and I love to rifle hunt, but I... You know, when I commit to the bow, like, I'm committing to that challenge. And you talk about the easy button. Now, I've never hunted sheep, you know, but I've watched a lot of, you know, sheep, you know, hunting TV or whatever where a person might take the bow and the rifle. And I can tell you in, like, and if you were able to, like, actually still commit to the bow and have the rifle with you, like, my hat is off to you, but I'd say I'm not sure I've never not seen, like, uh, the sheep, you know, you've worked so hard, and it's four hundred. I mean, it's not like it wasn't challenging, right? And you got a ram that's four hundred yards away. It's like, give me that gun, you know, and like, like you said, you're committing to the camera, and you're just like, no, I'm committing to it. Like, this is the challenge that I've set out to do, and it's like, kind of like, almost like, yeah, I want to kill one with my bow, or I want to kill one that, you know, or whatever. I don't know. But. Yeah, yeah.
2: I've carried my bow on four sheep hunts. I had a rifle on three of those four sheep hunts with my bow, carried both the whole time, plus my camera stuff. Jeez. On the three that I carried the rifle, I shot the sheep with a rifle. <laughs> on <the laughs> one that I, it was a, the only, the one was an archery only tag. And I shot the sheep with a bow and I was like, I would have got a sheep on the, or maybe it was only three, but, uh, I would have got a sheep on the other ones, except for one of them I shot on the last day with a rifle. But, uh, is because you're right. You you have it, and it's not that I don't like rifle hunting or don't like bow hunting. I carry both because it's like, ah, maybe the opportunity is there. But if you really want to do it, you, you kind of have to commit to one, and and you find you'll find your success that way because you don't have any other options.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah. It's almost like even when you're talking about like getting the shot, like you're just like you're doing things. You're going to put yourself in a different position or do something a different way to get to get yeah. that opportunity.
0: One thing I feel like. I've noticed Remy you can speak to this better than I but I feel like if you're going to try and commit to getting the hunt on film in some ways is it's kind of difficult to almost let's say you are you know average Jane or Joe or whatever and uh, don't have a hunting TV show you're going on a few hunts a year I feel like in a lot of ways too it's difficult maybe to only you almost have to commit to more than just filming that one hunt necessarily, because like Remy, oh, you get sure. you get the opportunity to go on a lot of hunts, and I'm not saying that 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 in kind of like a oh must be nice kind of way, because anybody can in theory do what you started out doing, because you're like you explained is very DIY. You just you enjoyed doing it, you enjoyed capturing it, you went out and you just did it, and you s- sort of. I think, I mean, at least when I've watched the story, it's a little bit of a throw all caution to the wind kind of thing. And, uh, you know, but you do have, I'd say the opportunity or you're, you're getting to go on multiple hunts. You're getting to go out there and have chances at success and many, I'm sure chances that end up in a, uh, well we tried, right. But if somebody is, I think what I'm getting at, if somebody is going to go on one or two hunts in a year, and you want to go on that hunt to go on the hunt, right. And try and ultimately get a kill or get this amazing experience on the hunt in that case it's probably going to be a little bit difficult to commit yourself to filming it because you're thinking to yourself like well if this is my only hunt this year yeah I may want to record it and get the memories and stuff but also it's hard to ever get the memories if you're not also just being on the hunt does that make sense I kind of like I kind of Went around it a little bit because I didn't want to say, again, like I was getting at earlier, I didn't want to say where like, oh, man, guys like Remy or guys like the hunting public or guys like, uh, you know, Tim Burnett and stuff like yep. must be nice. These guys get to go on hunts all the time because it's like you guys, it's it's your job. Like you guys are working really hard at it, and you had to work really hard at it and probably not take opportunities elsewhere or something like that to do what you're doing. You know, but sometimes when I think people are like, oh, I need to get into self-filming, it's like, well, if you have a full-time job and a family and you only get to go out hunting every once in a while, it's like, might be kind of difficult for you to do.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, that portion of it is, you know, you have to decide, like, what what you want. And it doesn't, I mean, there's no reason you have to go get it. It's like, it's just for personal and you want to, great. I think, like, the on the Trailblazer video, all that old footage, that was years, like, years before I did any of this stuff professionally. That was just me on my one hunt a year filming it myself and saying, look, to myself, if I don't, like, because I enjoyed that. That was, like, my thing was to go out hunting and, like, I loved the hunt aspect and I would you know, when I was hunting, I had certain things that I was looking for. It was like, I wanted a good experience. I didn't want to shoot something on the first day and like adding the camera filming made it harder. And it's like, okay, if I can commit to it. And then I realized, man, I never got the stuff that I wanted. And I, I honestly just made those videos Like for every Christmas would just like give them to my dad or like play them with friends. And even like, I've got a lot of friends that we did a lot of filming together and it was just we still do. Like a lot of my friends, we just like make these videos that we just share with each other that are not anywhere else. It's just to share the trip and the hunt. I know there's a lot of people out there like that. And they're like, man, how do I get a little bit better at it? And it's just like, to get a little bit better at it, you just have to commit to it. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I've all the stuff. I mean, I have countless hunts that I've done that were just like boxes and boxes of tapes that are literally my one or two hunts a year. It was like, Hey, I'm. I mean, yeah, I'm out hunting all the time because I'm guiding. But when you're guiding, you're hunting during. You're working during hunting season. Yeah, I got one day a week to go hunt myself or whatever. And it's like weekend warrior status, and I've got the camera with me and I'm filming it. You know, I don't know if I don't think it was used, but there's some like my first solo elk that I got myself. I was I think I was like 18. Filmed myself. I had two days to hunt that season between guiding. I was like, went out, filmed the everything, and like. Yeah, sweet. Like, got an elk kill on film. This is, like, 20-plus years ago. So it's, it is it's it is doable. Like, you just got to understand, you know, to me, I was like, I really wanted to shoot an elk because I like eating elk, and I really want an elk, but I also really wanted to film it. And so I kind of committed to both and, and got really good, like, got better at it because I practiced more. Right. At times that I did
1: have, yeah. You know.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, in, in that case, I guess, really, realistically, it does – come down to like if you want to film the stuff then yeah fully commit to it
1: yeah commit to I, it I just, and like I... you said like the more you do it the more you like you said you use practice I mean that's exactly what it is like you mm-hmm. do it and then you know I'm sure you come away from the hunt and you get certain footage and you're like oh that's really cool footage but you know exactly what happened you're like oh my gosh there was this one thing that maybe I didn't get like I need to and it was beautiful, or like. No, I need to capture that because that's like, that's a, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, an integral or, you know, important part of the hunt or whatever. And then the other thing I think you can look at is like, what's, what's your motivation, right? Like, what are you trying to create a a TV show? Are you trying to share some awesome memories that you can look back on with your family and, and Mm -hmm. share, uh, and share with your buddies, you know, and I think you do it different ways.
2: Yeah. I mean, I honestly think like the biggest tip, whether you're doing it just like you just want to have some cool stuff or you just want to, like, remember that. I mean, maybe you draw a tag and it's like, this is going to be your only tag of that. Like, you drew a special elk tag in Nevada or something. It's like you you may never get that tag again. Yeah, you want to focus on the hunt and being successful and enjoying the experience, but you also want to have some memories of it. So you want it to be unobtrusive but still, like, capture the things. And the easiest way to do that is, like, have a camera – that's handy. Like everybody asks what camera should I get? It's like literally one that you don't mind wearing outside your body or have like, in if it's in your pack, I, you won't oh, use it. Yeah. I, I saved up like after high school, like when I was in high school, I took, uh, I kind of did like some high school and college simultaneously and I did like video broadcast and production technology. So I was like, film, and so after that I was like, man, I really like filming. I'm going to get a really good camera and try to, like do stuff and I would have that the camera was like I saved up for too long it was too expensive it was a good camera but it stayed my pack and I never filmed with it and then I got rid of it and got like a cheap camera that was good enough and I had it out in the rain and the snow out of it was like and I used it all the time and I got so it's like the footage you get is better than what you don't get my suggestion when people ask what should I get for a camera what is like something that you can have out and like just use all the time. And honestly, man, cell phones are, like, my dad, when he goes hunting, he's just, like, using his phone all the time, and he comes back, and he's got, like, some really cool stuff. Because he's just, like, with phones now, man, you can get some really great stuff, some good quality, and it's it's accessible. Mm -hmm. Somewhere where you can get to it and whatever. And that's all you really need, like, just to have something to capture that's easy to get to. And you're going to, whatever you're using is the best thing to have.
1: For sure. Because, I mean, it, like you said, if it's in your backpack, number one, it's a hassle to dig it out. And also, by the time you've dug it out, whatever you were trying to capture, like the moment has passed. And it, it could be even, you know, your buddies are talking and smiling. But it was just kind of like if you would have just had that at the handy, you know, right. like the handy cam, like boom, just record a little, you know, genuine moment. But then, like, by the time you go to, Oh, let me get my pack out. Like, number hey, one, can they're you guys acting do- weird. Can
0: you guys keep doing that really cool thing you're doing?
1: Yeah. 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 Keep acting <laughs> yeah. natural. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and yeah. plus, I mean, I'll throw this out there, too. How many viral videos are out there that are look like they were filmed on a 1995 uh, bag phone <laughs> or toaster? <laughs> I mean, you watch it, and it, everything is grainy and whatnot, but there is a hilarious or like, awe-inspiring moment there in the video, and everybody wants to watch that video, even though it is terrible quality. So, I mean, you know, the better quality is always is always welcome, but if you have, to your point, Remy, like, if you got the cell phone and you can record something that tells an awesome story or shows an awesome experience, I mean, it's going to be worth watching and, and looking back on. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I know, even personally, you know, I mean, so much of it is just, like, well, I, I guess I know... In life, like my favorite memories are hunting and fishing, like I mean they just and family, just let the record show and family uh but uh, we'll tell the stenographer, but you know some of that stuff is like, yeah, maybe it's like you had to take some extra time, or it was kind of a pain to get, but when you have it, like you just i don't know, I look back on it constantly, yeah,
2: you know what i I've noticed is like over time, I never thought that I would forget certain stories or hunts. And there's some stories that I remember being like, really, like I would tell all the time. And then I just got sick of telling those stories or whatever. And now I was thinking back, I was like, somebody, I ran into someone and they mentioned something and it kind of sparked a memory of like, I completely forgot about that and don't even remember all the details. And it felt, made me feel really bad, like about losing some like, Something that I, for a very long time, deemed very important and then just completely forgot about. Yeah. And I noticed that, like, when I have photos and when I have the videos and I'm looking at them and it's like it, it refreshes my memory in a really clear way to, like, you really do have to, like, remember your memories you know, in some ways. <laughs> and so, like, you know, those experiences, many of them, you know, I think, oh, it's it'll be it'd be nice not to have a camera, just make like enjoy the moment and remember the memory. But some of those memories you actually end up losing over time. And there's, there's things where I remember setting up the camera and taking a picture or a video of like a certain tree on the hill. And then I was like walking by it the other day. I was like, Dude, I took a picture, I told my I was like with my wife and I was like I took a picture of that exact tree. Just <laughs> like it like as soon as I saw it, I remembered like I was in this exact spot took a picture and this happened and it was like all those memories came flooding back because I keep looking at that picture that was 10 years old. Yep. Like stuff like that is like I I really enjoy that aspect of having that like mm-hmm. catalog of you know, keeping some really cool memories and experiences
0: alive. For myself, personally, not for any other reason. How weird is the human memory? How you can forget something, but then something can all of a sudden make you remember it. So it was like, it was always there. Your brain just didn't know where to find it.
1: Oh, yeah. You I know? can't count times. You're like, oh, yeah. It's yeah. like <laughs> a
0: your brain winds up becoming like a, a house, and the fresh memories are all the stuff that's upstairs that you left on your kitchen counter, and then all the stuff you forgot is the crap down in your unfinished basement that you never know about until you move. That's a good analogy. Like, oh, crap, yeah. Yeah,
1: that's why I hey. hold onto
0: that. <laughs> for those of you out there who uh, don't have basements, too, I don't know what room that is for you. The crawl space shed? How does that work? Maybe, I don't know, yeah. It's a very Wisconsin thing to have a basement. I know there have been basements in lots of places, but I've heard it's also very...
1: I didn't grow up in basement country. Is Nevada base- basement country? It is not basement country. If you
2: have a basement, you're a creeper. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, that's funny. But so people that did have basements, you were like, Whoa, this is so
0: cool. <laughs> you, like live
1: <laughs> underground. Wow. Then in like Wisconsin a, is apparently like we're 100 percent weirdos.
0: Yeah. Well, could, I know sometimes like <laughs> if I've
1: been over to a place where there is no
0: basement, I'm like, where's the basement? It's like we got a crawl space, but so <laughs> regarding getting back on track here. So, talking about some of the uh, original stuff that you did some filming of, and, and when you watch the Trailblazer segment too, you get to see uh, some of that footage, which is I think is super awesome to look at too. I mean, especially when seeing some of the stuff that you're putting out now and, and comparing, contrasting. I mean, it's um, some
1: it's some OG oh, very, throwback cool. OG, oh, I'm
0: surprised you didn't have like really big glasses and a thick mustache because every time <laughs> I think I see. It's not that I think you're that old, but just anytime I think of like OG film, I think of everybody having thick glasses and a mustache. But anyway, I, I did
2: have those thick glasses for, and I had some. I don't think in any of that footage, I had some long hair back in the day. But right. I don't think any of that footage made it. <laughs> Funny how that all
0: seemingly got uh, uh, oddly yeah. destroyed. Somehow I didn't send that in. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of stuff you you got into it a little bit in terms of you know the gear and whatnot, but. I picture the amount of gear that it sounds like you take out in the field. Now, I, like you said, it's, it's pretty heavy. There's a lot of stuff that you take out there. And I know that in discussing, you know, your DIY start to it, your, your approach, just kind of getting what you could and, and documenting with what you had, you know, you're probably starting out with relatively minimal gear. And, and I can imagine then now what you have, you've pared down a little bit. Did you ever find yourself in the middle somewhere where you'd become totally overbloated with gear. Like many of us do with non-filming gear. You all of a sudden like got a little bit too starry-eyed when you started flipping through the XYZ catalog and you sort of did the old add to cart, add to cart, add to cart and the next thing you know like you're pretty much ready for the next apocalypse, but then you actually look back and you're like I didn't really use 75% of that stuff. Did that ever happen to you? Were you ever carrying basically an entire Hollywood movie set with you out there? And I, I think know? I think
1: he, he, yes, he. That's what he does, Jim. I, I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even more so. Yes,
1: I
2: mean, there has been many items that I have taken around the globe that never got used. Uh, when drones first came out, I carried this giant thing in a case everywhere I went. I used it once. <laughs> um, I, you know, you're just like there's some stuff. It's like why wouldn't you use it? It's like, well, there's a pain in the ass factor. There's actually, here, I'm going to jump off screen for a second. I'm going to grab something. If I don't knock over my whole setup. Visual age. I okay. Know. This thing, I think this case has got like, I don't know, this thing's like 30 pounds. And I take this around everywhere. And there's a, you know, we're going to do show and tell. I've got like some lenses that I've carried in some horrible, horrible places that I've never used. This lens right here.
0: That is a big lens
1: that's, uh, that's, that's a large
0: I don't I don't know lens terminology very well, but is that is that what they call a telephoto lens? It is a telephoto
2: lens. It is a 50 to 500. The yeah. thing is like a brick and I've carried this thing into places that a 50 to 500 should never go and haven't used it <laughs> so um, I mean I have used it on some stuff and when I do use it, damn you know you're like whoo should use that more often (laughs) but it's just that same paint like it doesn't matter how many times you do it how good you get at it the whole pain in the ass factor of digging something out swapping the lenses doing that whole thing is like it's it's a barrier to doing it and you're like oh man or is it like is it worth getting that out you can't carry it you know out and I still bring it a lot of times for certain things. I'm like, man, I want some really good wildlife footage. And then it's like those trips where you don't see Jack. And then the <laughs> right. trips where, like, where you see just so much stuff, you're like, man, if I got those rams butting heads on that 500 millimeter, whoo, I'd be some National Geographic stuff. And yet you're like, but I left it at the trailhead because it was just way too heavy. <laughs> um, so it's just one of those things. Uh, there's just, yeah, I mean, I've had, all kinds of slider stuff back in the day when those were cool. And I just thought, you know, trying to like keep up with like what was, it's so funny because like when we started the solo thing, you know, everyone, I don't think people got it. They were just like, it was kind of like, it was good enough to be like a bad filmed hunting show. And they didn't like really (laughs) understand the fact of like how hard it was to do yourself. And like, we were still kind of new at it. And so it was constantly, like, trying to make it look like shows that everybody else was filming. And right. I think that was, like, a blessing and a curse at the same time because it really caused us to, like, expand the way that we captured things. But it also was, like, do you just can't do some of this stuff on your own. And you end up carrying way too much stuff. And, like, you know, I'd have, like, a boom mic that's, like, this big. And I, I've carried some just ridiculous oh stuff that should not – you know, you're, and you're like comparing yourself to a show that guys have three camera guys and they're hunting from a tree stand and you're like seven
0: miles into the backcountry trying to do <laughs> the same thing. And you're like,
2: I am an idiot.
0: <laughs> it is funny. We've even had some occasional videos where we're not set up in a studio with multiple cameras and whatnot. And it is funny. I think it's also sometimes on the viewer to understand what it is that they're watching. Because I can't tell you how many times I've seen comments like, oh, the lighting is a little off. Or, oh, the sound seems like it could be better. And you're right. thinking to yourself.
1: Well, you don't want to know.
0: Yeah. Sorry. We'll uh, yeah. we'll <laughs> let the producer and the director and the, uh, you know, whatever, all the people on set know next time.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's like if you rolled out of bed,
2: you know, and someone's like, oh, you look pretty bad. And you're like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Or they're like, oh, just get out of bed. And you're like, yeah. But it's like if you got ready for an hour and then went out and they're like, damn, looks like you just got out of bed. You're like, why I got to?
1: Exactly. This is how, though, like, you know, I mean, th- this is how I know that, that you and Tim are awesome at, at solo filming. Because when I watch an episode of Solo Hunter, I forget that you guys are doing it yourself. And then I have to remind myself, or maybe like a moment will like come in where, like, I can, you know, maybe it's, like, maybe more obvious that you're self-filming or something like that. I'm like, oh, yeah. There's I, no one else there. There's no one else there. And yet, yeah, like, you're talking about, oh, you got the, the the wide with this camera and then, like, you know, the POV and then this one over here and this one's, you know, I mean, so, anyway, my, my hat really does go off to both of you guys because it's quite, quite the process and the accomplishment. And, and it turns out to be just, in my opinion, some of the most dynamic, cool, hunting footage out there so
0: yeah yeah thanks appreciate that i would love to see the uh like onyx footprint or whatever where it shows you your trail that you've walked of you guys because it would just be completely backtrack Yep. oh forward went forward two steps back two steps went that way that much went back you know and (laughs) setting all these cameras you guys must be in shape from all these moving around and setting cameras and stuff i mean not in addition yep. to just in shape or it. just
2: in shape or just like dumb enough to not care and i
0: think it's the <laughs> dumb enough to not care <laughs> it's so true though you like getting those steps in
1: i was like i was joking like kind of earlier when like oh you stalked that mule deer twice but like i watched some of the stuff and i'm like he had to do that twice like oh yeah you, you it, had to I sneak mean, up on I've, the deer I've twice i done
2: there's been a lot of stocks where I'm like, there's absolutely no way I can be quiet and get the camera there and my bow. And I've stalked within 30 yards of a trophy mule deer, like literally crawl up, set my bow down, crawl back, get the camera, crawl up, set the <laughs> camera up and like do that the entire way. And then get there. I mean, I did it a couple years ago on one and it was like. It was a, it was a bedded buck, and then I'm sitting there at 30 yards, just waiting for this buck to come out from this tree. And then the wind swirled and got me, and I'm like, "Damn it!" <laughs> it wasn't oh. even the camera stuff; it's just like the stuff you can't control. And of course, my can't you know I I kept turning the camera on and like because you just don't. I'm like, "Okay, is it gonna you know like twitch?" And I turned the camera on, and then you know I had just turned the camera off to save battery and stuff. you're like, "You don't know like the, the startup time; it could stand up, and you're just like constantly running through." And, of course, it was like I just turned the camera off and the wind switched and the buck ran away. And I didn't even get footage of it running off. And it's like, oh, I can't even use this now. Well, awesome. I mean, I don't know how many stocks I've done or whatever that's like it gets blown and you just don't even have something to support it to, like, show or share. So It's, it pr-
0: it's proof, man, that Mother Nature, God, whatever, just loves messing with us. You bring an umbrella out, it doesn't rain. You forget it at home, it does rain. You uh, go out with your 500-millimeter telephoto lens, and uh, you don't see anything. You leave it at the trailhead. You see everything. I mean, it's just like you turn the camera off, something happens, you leave it on. I've noticed that actually a lot, and I was going to ask you about that in, in terms of how much your camera is on and recording. Do you be, it sounds like obviously now my question was going to be before you said what you said. Do you hit record and then never hit it again until the end of the day and just have to sift through, you know, 10 hours of footage or how are you determining when you hit the record button and when you don't? Cuz I don't know, my FOMO would always be thinking if I turn it off now, you know, I'll save some battery, but I'm probably going to miss the thing that pops out.
1: Right. So, I mean, that ties into the next question I was going to ask, particularly in the backcountry, and I think these are connected, is like how are how are you managing your battery life in the backcountry? Because it, it is finite. I know you're carrying multiple batteries, but still, like, you know, I mean, you could have cold weather and maybe that's sap in a battery or something like that. So how how are you making those decisions to turn the camera on? Yeah.
2: I mean, it really just depends on the trip, but mostly it's, I try to be, I mean, there's certain situations where you go, okay, he, you've just learned, like, here's the situations where you go over with it. Here's the situations where you go under, because you do, you're constantly like juggling that battery life. I've got limited camera battery. I've got limited memory cards. There's been times where I've filmed a let's say, I don't know, what are they, 23-minute episode, and we've cut it out of 28 minutes of footage. Like, you get really good at knowing when to turn (laughs) the camera on. (laughs) Wow. Like, no joke, like, super lean. Or maybe even, like, 20, like, and then there's some where you get 150 hours of footage, and you just, like... You know, and you're like still it, sometimes the ones that are lean are actually better because it's like I turn that on with it, a very specific purpose and it's going in there <laughs> and it's like gives you less to work with when you've got a lot, a lot of filler. But now it's like in those moments that are I kind of like hit like on the stock, like as I'm moving in, getting close, I hit record and then it's on and then I stop it and then hit it again and just like constantly double check and keep making sure. But you're constantly juggling the battery and the. You know, memory card and all that. And I always, a couple of things I always have is I always have spare batteries and spare memory cards on my person because there's right. been many a times when I'm like there and I'm like, oh, it's like, dee, 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 battery dead <laughs> or five <laughs> minutes left on your memory card. You're like, no, no. Yeah. So, and it'll continue to happen. Like, I still forget it. I mean, I forget stuff all the time. So it'll happen again. It's I mean- just, that's right.
1: That's a good yeah, tip though. Kind I mean, that kinda of, it kinda of falls in line with, you know, having you know, having that camera at the ready and not buried in your pack. I'm sure you know, kind of at one of those critical moments you want to don't wanna be like, Oh, which pocket in my pack was that memory card buried in? Oh, I think it's under my sandwich, you know, like having that ready to rock. I mean, I would assume that basically when those batteries decide to dive really is at the most critical moment generally. So
2: Oh, every time. Yeah. I, that's why I say like I earlier, I was like, yeah, I don't really use the GoPros anymore. Because no joke, every time I go to need it, the battery's dead. So I'm like, it's like goes off in my pocket. Or it's, it's just like, it's just one of those things. It's just me and that thing have just a love-hate relationship. So I'm just like, I hate you. I'm going to leave you. But then I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to just be able to not have to think about for a second camera angle so I just go back and forth but yeah it's inevitably you run out of memory card and battery at the most inopportune time it's just like you said if I pack my rain gear just so it doesn't rain (laughs) it's like exactly you try to to stick it to Murphy
1: you know just like carry everything Yeah. yeah take that so we covered, I think, a lot of the challenge Because, I mean, it's just challenging. Like, the facts of the matter is, like, this like this is taking on, like, a huge challenge. What are, like, some of the best, like, the best memories that you've come away with? You're like, oh, my gosh. Like, everything worked out. Like, it's almost like, you know, even, like, using that analogy of bow hunting. Like, oh, my gosh. I killed a mule deer with my trad bow. Like, apparently, you can film yourself killing a mule deer with a trad bow. But, um, like, w- what are those things? Or, or what's that win where you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, this was, like, the biggest Accomplishment that I did filming or solo filming? I think the, I mean, the,
2: I did an episode for Solo Hunter with the uh, recurve hunting a mule deer. I think that was one that I just like, I, I didn't really think it was going to be possible in the beginning and was kind of told like it would just never work. And I, I mean, I had a tag that was conducive to it, but I also didn't want to shoot like a small deer on a good tag. So, I was kind of like trophy hunting mule deer spot and stock self filming with a recurve. That was like I <laughs> was like kind of insane. Oh man, there's your YouTube well, uh, there's your YouTube title yeah. clickbait right there. I was gonna yeah, say, was exactly. that the title of the episode? Uh I think it was too long for that. I think like that one was uh probably like one of the things that like after I did that I didn't try it again. Um, I mean, I actually, I self-filmed a, a whitetail hunt with my recurve, but that was, um, I was like, I don't know if I have the, like, energy to do that another time. <laughs> um, and it, like, worked out, you know, you're just like... I mean, I was literally, like, after I shot that buck, just, like, shaking in a fairly uncontrollable way because there was just, like, so much time spent, like, trying to make it happen, and it was cool. It was, like, a, a really memorable thing. And then I found, like, there's been times it's kind of weird where I kind of feel like I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm like, I should, I'm like, I have to be filming. Where I was like, I went on a hunt and I, it was like a really important tag to me. And I was like, uh, this hunt's more important to me than the filming. So I'm not going to film. And I like didn't film and didn't film and didn't film and nothing happened. And then I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to film. And like started filming and then was successful. So I was like, well, maybe, you know, I was like, it's just like the universe saying like you better film everything. And it's like <laughs> that's happened so it's happened so many times that I'm like now I just like I'm like it's almost like if I I feel like if it's one of those if I'm not filming then it's just not going to happen. <laughs> 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 or you're like on TV things work out way better so I should just film it. That yeah, yeah. is true. It uh, yeah.
1: yeah. always works out yeah. in the end on TV. Yeah.
2: Yeah, because I'm like I watch some other, you know, like watch a hunting show or something and I remember some like Eastman's ones or some older ones. And I'm like, man, every time they hunt Nevada, they find a buck bedded behind a rock in the shade with the wind blowing uphill. And I'm like, I've never find that. It must only happen on television. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like there's just certain things that you kind of think like, oh, um, and maybe that comes down to the editing of it as well. But <laughs> you're like, man, it just seems to work out more for me personally when I'm filming. So I kind of stick to it. But th- I think that mule deer hunt is one that really stands out in my head. You know, I don't know. I think there's, there's a lot of them. They're all, every hunt that I've done, I think is just kind of different. Uh, last one, one recently that I thought was one of my favorites, uh, just hunting fallow deer in New Zealand. The buck I ended up getting, I think it might be like a, world record with a bow i don't know i submit i actually that was one that i did get scored and sent in but not the size of it just like having it all work out and like one of those stocks where it's like here's well i messed up a couple stocks before like one was the camera one was me just doing bad stuff and then ended up like getting so some of those trips are like the ones that are memorable where it's like the camera jacks you up but then at the end you're like you get something and you're like, wow, that was cool to have, ha- like, be able to go back and watch that. I think that that's fun. Like, it's just fun for me to go back and watch it as anybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. Heck mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and like you said earlier, I mean, because of the challenge, it probably just by the nature of it, it extends your hunt. Like, it's gonna, you're gonna have more mishaps, you're gonna have more blown stocks. And I mean, ultimately, like, I mean, you know, in, in some ways it can be, like, nerve-wracking when, and I, I haven't filmed that much, but I think of even just hunting in general. Like, you've got a tag that you're really excited about or hunt you've been waiting for all year, and it starts getting a little bit later in the hunt, and, and you haven't been successful yet, and, like, it gets to be nerve-wracking, but then even if you aren't or you are, you've still created more memories along the way than if you would have just gunned one down the first night, even if it was a big one, you know?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole – for me, I love every aspect of the hunt. And I like I said earlier, it's like I didn't – I never wanted to go on a hunt and it'd be over the first day because I love hunting so much. It's like if I go out and fill my tag, you know, you got one tag a year. If I go out and fill that on the first day, dude, I'm done hunting for the season. That sucks. Like I would rather just shoot a small deer on the last day and just get a chased deer every day for if I got 10 days to hunt, I want to hunt 10 days. And that's just the nature of how I like to do things. Not everybody's like that. Everybody's got different things that they're into or different, like some people just want to go out and be successful as soon as possible or whatever. Like everybody hunt how you want to hunt, man. Don't hunt how I hunt. I won't hunt how you hunt, but we can all learn from each other. And, you know, I mean, if you want to be more successful in certain things, yeah, there's, there's certain things you should probably do. But as far as like the enjoyment of hunting and what you like to get out of it, I think that that should be Always personal. Whether it's you know, for me, part of it is filming and sharing that, and I think that that's something that I enjoy out of it. If I stop enjoying that, you won't see any more of it from me. Like I'm not, I'm not that committed to something that I don't love to do. Um, so it's just like I do it because I love it, and so I'll continue to do
0: that. It that was ma- well
1: put. Makes perfect sense. That was well put. Yeah. I was
0: also thinking to myself how Mark. I I don't know if we're the patient type.
1: Not as like that. I Not know as. that. <laughs>
0: I know that. Even though, even though, to Remy's point, we do love hunting.
1: Absolutely, and yeah. like I mean, some my some of my most memorable hunts are the ones where it like came down to the wire at the last day. Yeah, you know, and you're just yeah. like, oh man, you, you've been hunting hard, and you don't think it's going to work out, and and you just keep going and going and going because you never know. And and I've had I have had hunts end in the first five minutes, and I've had hunts end in the last five minutes. And yep. I think you just got to yep. remind yourself that it really can happen at those times or any time in between.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, one thing you, uh, I think you, you mentioned it real quick a little bit ago was editing Remy. So when you first started out, were you, I know, it sounded like you took a course and you know, some video related stuff. Were you a already up to snuff on editing? Because I mean, I've got thousands of videos in my phone none of them have ever gone anywhere because they've never been edited you know they're just kind of just footage you know and so that yeah. is one of the difficult things is taking it from the memory card and actually making it viewable in some fashion what what was your uh, learning curve there
2: yeah i mean i actually like i would like i said i made videos just for personal use and i started editing when i was like 13 years old and it wasn't like i it was on a computer and I, well, I actually, the first edit I did, I was like, just, I didn't have a computer that I could edit on. So I just would like have a tape and then I'd put two VCRs and then like record and then like stop. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> I've, I, I did that, but, um, Nice people would be like, what's a tape? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like in, in cut camera editing. But yeah, I mean, I started editing like fairly early and I did take like, in school I did edit a lot of stuff like in even in high school like I edited like all the like senior videos and all that stuff so I was like editing along with filming like for a long time but I uh, all the solo hunter stuff Tim does all the editing I haven't edited in years because I just don't have the time and I that's why I have like like you say I have more footage of like awesome stuff that'll probably never be seen by anyone because I just haven't had the time to edit it. Like I get all these grandiose ideas, but Tim has limited time. I have limited time. I'm like, man, I just wish somebody could just edit this stuff for me. Cause I don't, I really haven't done that in a while, but I did, was it last, last week, this month, I jumped back in the old edit bay. Cause uh, with COVID and everything going on, I needed something edited and I just didn't have the means or time to it just didn't work out. So I had to do it myself. And I was like, at first it was a little like slow, but I was like, dang, man, it's kind of like riding a bike. I was like, man, this actually, I mean, I thought it turned out good. Other people might think it sucks, but I was (laughs) like, dude, you know, I was like, man, I actually still have some edit chops. I'm like, I should really stretch that muscle a little bit and edit some more stuff. But Tim's always done a good job with it. So I'm like, and I, yeah. So right. To say that, I have recently edited some stuff. It's, um, yeah, if you want to see what my editing looks like, pretty soon I'm going to release. It's a turkey hunting video. Oh, cool. And uh, I just partnered with a video game company. And it's, uh, I kind of like teased, put a little teaser up the other day. But it's more of like a how-to tips thing because they realize like their players, a lot of it, the, they did like a survey and a ton of their players are really interested in hunting but don't hunt or haven't like know nothing about real hunting so they wanted like someone to kind of like do kind of like some basic intro to hunting type how to videos on stuff that's like accessible like turkeys and you know some other stuff yeah. that okay right lines up well with this game so um and then there's some other stuff that we're gonna talk about later
0: i don't when's this podcast airing uh this podcast is probably airing in the 25th of this month Oh yeah, so it'd probably be right around then. Cool, awesome. But, um, yeah, dude, that's really awesome. I wish more video game, uh, more video games would do that.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, yeah.
0: hey, if you're gonna play this video game, why not know how to do it in real life too?
1: Well, and, and you do see that. I mean, you see. Well, I guess hopefully there's a, you know a recruitment angle to it. Like you said, it sounds like a lot of these folks they have some some interest in it. But like you said, you know you may not get the most realistic portrayal. And it sounds like these guys are working hard to kind of give that you know authentic window. Into uh, into the activity. So, you know, maybe they'll go yeah, from the, the game console to the mountains.
2: Yeah, I think it's, like, it's one of those cool things. It's, like, okay, it sparks interest. And, actually, I'll be, uh, you know, like, if you start up the game or new to the game or whatever, you my char- I'll have, like, a little 2D character that kind of helps you out throughout the thing, giving, like, real-life tips and suggestions and stuff to kind of, like, do, like, a cross-platform promotion between two worlds of, like, you know, like, for people that play the game that don't hunt, here's a place where you can go to learn about it. And then people that maybe do hunt and want to play the game, they can see my face and hear some real tips too. Either way, it's like based in truth, you know? Um, It's kind of a, not necessarily a plug for it, but it just brought it up of like the video, the edit thing. It was like, that video I edited. So (laughs) coming back to the editing thing, yeah, I'm super stoked on editing right now, actually. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I got to do more of this. So maybe I will jump into that archive and start like cutting some stuff up. That would be
0: editing I, is uh editing is is a whole nother beast. You know Jim,
1: you're quite you're you got into some editing here.
0: Well, I mean I've gotten into some editing, but it's like I mean if anybody ever asked me to do like, oh, can you make an effect? I'd be like, No, I can basically just do the snip and uh, put two things together function.
1: Well you tell a very nice story. Well, snip and that. smash. <laughs> snip and smash. Yeah,
0: that's uh <laughs> that's my style. It's raw. It's real. <laughs> I like at it. Least, yeah. At least that's what I portray it as. It's 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 like you said, purposeful. You know. Oh, that's what I was going for. I was yes. going for all the jump cuts. Yeah. I was going for the yeah. uncomfortable camera angle. Yeah. And uh, uncomfortable amount of time spent on one. <laughs> scene breaking
1: the fourth wall is this thing on
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why is there a three and a half minute crotch shot right <laughs> <there>? <laughs> it's abstract, yeah, abstract you, you know what if you don't get it you'll never get it exactly <laughs> it's your fault also i'm charging a hundred thousand dollars for this clip <laughs>
1: worth every penny awesome I'm trying to think. I feel like I have a million questions. I had another I know, question I have... a little bit ago. Yeah. and then it like uh, escaped me. But we've covered equipment, we've How covered about... techniques, challenges. How about audio?
0: Cuz you can't have oh, you can't have good, good video one, without good audio. So you mentioned that you've taken a boom mic out there before, you know, obviously. And that's that's maybe a tad bit difficult. We have a guy here who loves the boom
1: mic, loves the boom a mic,
0: big boom mic guy.
1: When we uh, when we went on that coosdeer hunt, actually, so I mean, Remy he Warren, frequent guest on the podcast, so freaking you, boom mic, you were our uh, our I guess uh, one of our guides along our quest to uh, you know yes. hopefully get a uh, um, not in real life uh, informational. We did a sweet podcast on coos deer hunting javelina. Check it out if yeah. you're interested in any of those things, everybody. But. So we're talking with Nate about the equipment that he was going to oh, bring. We he- made
0: it to Arizona, by the way, Remy. I don't know if you ever. That's, heard yeah,
1: it. and
2: back. I assumed as much. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Anyway, sorry I heard. Mark. I heard uh, Mark's missing a
0: kidney, but other than that, <laughs> that <was
1: good. laughs> that's uh, why you get yeah. two. Yeah. Right? But hey, I yeah. mean, it was really
0: nice of them to put him in the bathtub with all that ice like that.
1: Yeah, and a nice note saying, "Hey, here's some instructions. You know, yeah. best practices. Good yeah. luck. Anyway. Um, Carry on." But anyway, so it was just funny because Nate loves the boom mic and uh, has not just, like, no fault of his own, not a, not a ton of uh, hunting experience. So, like, we're going through the kit we're going to bring, and he's like, oh, yeah, and then I got the boom mic, and I'll follow you around. We're like, I'm like, I, Nate, I don't, I don't think that's really going to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is, you know, it is difficult, and then when you have, you know, certainly people like to hear things well, and there's a lot of sounds out in nature, especially when you're hunting. Your ears are a very important sense, so there's some things... The person on camera might hear, and they perk up at, and you don't really notice if you're listening, and then you didn't catch it on the on the camera's audio or on on the external audio or whatever. So, what? How are you navigating the audio part? I mean, for the
2: first uh, portion of doing it, I was just I didn't care about it. I was like, it's too difficult. Sure. I can't can't do all things. Can't be good at everything. Yeah, audio, I'm not good at. Let's just leave it alone. And I'd just be like, on camera mic and a lot of wind sound. Cool. <laughs> <We'll>, <laughs> everyone will get over it.
1: It's authentic. Um,
2: yeah. And then, uh, and then we kind of like, as things got better, I just kind of, and as I got better at stuff, I started adding like an audio kit. Um, now I just use either like a little tiny shotgun mic on the camera mounted on there, or I have like a wireless lapel mic that I use a lot. Um, that's just another thing that's like batteries and man, I did something. Well, actually just that same Turkey hunt that I did the first like portion of it. I've was filming and there was no audio because i my camera was got damaged i sent it in they got they replaced like the factory they, they just fixed it whatever they sent it back to me but i had that was the first trip i'd used it on since i got it sent back and i didn't realize that they like all my settings were changed so it was like i have oh. my camera <sighs> set in a certain way with all my settings and one of those settings is specific to my microphone And when I was filming, I didn't even think twice about it. I didn't, you know, I got like halfway through, and then I'm like, go back to watch something. Why can't I hear this? Is something wrong? And then I realized, oh, the setting wasn't set for that microphone because everything was like reset. So that just just,
1: explained to everybody that you were doing artful hunt miming the whole time. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
2: If you're just listening, I was doing like the podcast talking, but, um, no, no words were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> we could see it. It doesn't translate to radio. <laughs> Still, we're in 2020 relearning how the radio works. <laughs> so, but yeah, so a little bit of a, a little bit of a sound set up there that, that helps get, uh get some better uh, audio for you. The wind noise is killer though, man. I mean, that's that is something like you said. I mean, there's some stuff in editing you can do to kind of cut down on it, but you know, at the same time part of it is like, hey, we're hunting. It's outside. There's wind. Sorry.
1: Well, and sometimes you hear that too and like, I mean, I think it you know, maybe I'm just like a you know, don't have good taste in video, but it's I think it adds to it. you're like, "Oh man, it sounds nasty out there." You know, like you can really Yeah.
2: I don't know. Mhm. It's realistic. I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah, but I audios, audios tough. I don't know. I'm not I'm not an audio pro, but I do what I can.
1: <laughs> what's like maybe the biggest pitfall like somebody wanting to get into it could avoid or like what's like what's the one thing or maybe like one or two things something that you learned along the way that you're like, "Oh man, like, you know, don't do that or, you know, do this or avoid that." I don't know. Yeah, I think,
2: I mean, like I said earlier, having the camera ready and just yeah. like getting a camera that you can use. And then, you know, like if you're spotting and stocking and trying to film something, this is like if you're trying to film your buddies or whatever, like having that camera out and ready. But also like if I'm stocking, like I have my tripod set up. Like people are like, how do you stock in? And, and I was like, I have my tripod set up so I could just set camera down when I'm by myself. But as I'm moving on to like different terrain or hill types, I'm constantly adjusting that tripod before moving. So at any given moment, I can set it down and anticipating like, okay, this leg has to be like this and this and I can all do it all one handed while holding, you know, because that's the thing is like getting good at doing stuff with one hand. So I'm generally holding my bow with my left hand, my camera's always in my right hand. And it's like, set and whatever. And I use those Bow slings. Tim's makes those solo under bow slings. I use those a lot because it's like I need two hands for some stuff just to set the tripod and whatever. Yeah, you know. And then and then the other thing is like being ready and anticipating how long it takes to do everything because one of the other things would be like you know if I'm if I'm stocking in just like having my release at a place that's like ready and my maybe knock an arrow. You know, obviously using safety and common sense, but like being a little more ready. So the, the hunting portion of things takes less time where it's like, all right, I'm ranging the animal and I'm counting my steps down. So if I get set up and the camera ready and I don't have time to re-range it, dude, I already I've got a good estimate, a better, a more educated guess than like so like when I'm at a hundred yards, I'm like a hundred yards, okay, to that bush. And then I'm like, every step I take, I'm like you know, like count, you know, most of my steps, like, you know, or if I'm crawling, like I try to anticipate, you know, how many yards I'm going as I'm moving in and counting down and making good estimates. So if I have to, like, that's what happens most of the time. Is like, you get the camera set up, you hit film, and then it's like something happens and you either have time to shoot or you have time to range and you don't have time for both. Yes. Um, very true. And that, yeah, that is, that's huge. And there's been a lot of times where I was like, I didn't have time to range. And I used my countdown method, and my countdown method was 10 yards off, <laughs> and that <laughs> sucks. <laughs> but, um, you know, for the most part, like, I, I you get pretty good at it. And, and like, the more – it's like, you know, taking the time when you've got the opportunity to, to do that and then – so, just in the like, so you're just more streamlined in the moment, really. And that goes for any kind of hunting, like, with whether you're stalking or whatever, you know, you just being being at the ready really helps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. You know, think, and also things like, it's like, all right, maybe you're rifle hunting. I see this all the time. And I think it's a mistake like a lot of hunters make. It's like, all right, you've spotted the animal, you're stalking in, you're on the final stock, you're within range, and like the elk gets up. And like people grab their binoculars and look through their binoculars. And I'm like, dude, be on arrest and look through your rifle scope. Don't be, I mean, I've been guiding and I'm like, last year I was actually, we we crept in on this bull and I'm like, normally I'm paying a lot of attention to the hunter, but somebody that I've hunted with a lot. So I'm like, they should, you know, and I'm looking at the elk and I'm like, all right, he's just behind the tree. You see him? Yeah, I see him. Okay, cool. You know, like, all right, he's just going to step out from that tree. You know, he's like, okay, yeah, I see him. He's like, all right, go ahead and take the shot and no shot goes off and i look over and he's like looking through his binoculars and then he puts his binoculars down puts the rifle up and then the elk's gone. Go. <laughs> <Damn, laughs> no. Why don't do that? Please stop doing that. Just like be ready when the opportunity happens cuz sometimes you know when you're looking at it you're like oh yeah it's there it should be easy and then those opportunities come and go so fast like you just got to be yeah got to be on it.
0: Well, there you go into your uh, back to the thing you're talking about early on. It makes you a better hunter. I mean, you do have to be very, very proactive because you can't be when you're trying to do two things at once. You can't be reactive because, to your point, it's just like when something presents itself in a hunting situation. You get time to range, you get time to shoot, you get time to put your pack. I don't know, whatever. It's uh, it's whenever it's crunch time, you get time to focus on one thing, the hunting, or you get time to focus on trying to scramble a camera rig together.
1: I think
2: the other thing. It, it's like made me better to it just like reading animals and understanding like how they're going to react yep. to certain situations i mean i see it all the time where you know like being a guy like i still guide full-time and it's like you get to interact with a lot of hunters in a lot of scenarios so you just see like things that i might take for granted that people haven't learned or don't think about but just like really understanding how an animal is going to react you know, there's so many times where You know, like if you know how an animal is reacting, you can kind of anticipate like, okay, here's what they generally do. So I I might, there's many times where I will, I'll set the camera up away from where the animal is so I know I don't have to move it or zoom out enough where I'll catch it. Um, Like kind of like trying to anticipate those things. And also just the things of like, think about those instances when, I don't know, like the best way to explain it, but there's like those instances when you're the hunter and you're in the moment like time seems so different, you know, it's like the buck looks at you and you're like, you get this rushed reaction and you're like, Oh, he sees me. I need to do something. And then you go and you draw back or you make a rush shot and then things get messed up. But like, if you're the silent observer, like as the guide, you're like, you, you've got a little skin in the game, but you're, you see like the big picture better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so you, you notice, like, understanding animal, like, he's just looking this direction. Like, I don't know how many times I've, like, been a long ways away and, like, somebody, like, looking through the spotting scope and, like, oh, he's looking at us, he sees us, and, like, get that panic, and in that panic you make bad decisions, and you're just, like... No, he's just like looking around. He what if we were over there, he would be looking that way. That's the way he's feeding, the way he's facing, the way he's looking for danger, but he is not yet alarmed. Like, look at his body position, look at how his ears, like, look at is this like understand that animal, and then you're better able to like make a methodical move at the right times. Cause yeah. I think that happens so many times. Like you get panicked, you get rushed. You get, like, how many times, like, I've even, it's even happened to me, you be at full draw and that deer looks your way and you're like, he's going to run, I better shoot. And then you, looking at it a different way, he's like, yeah, you just looked that way and then probably would have waited 10 more seconds and been fine and you messed it up. But,
0: yeah, um, I'm glad. I think
2: that plays a lot into it.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because I was thinking it as well, especially when. I mean, if we were in an ideal situation, it would be like uh, the Truman Show where you're walking around some bubble with cameras in every corner, you know, and then that way you could get a shot at every angle, and regardless of which way the deer or whatever it was went, you'd have an angle or a shot of it. But you're going out there with, even when you're describing lots of cameras, you know, three cameras have it on you or whatever, that's that's a fair amount. But still, that's only three camera angles, and the deer has its world to go within or, you know, the elk or whatever you're hunting. So I was figuring, you know, it, it would have to take a pretty good understanding of what an animal is going to do. And, and the idea of even setting up a camera that's looking at a, in a place where the, the animal isn't currently, you know, and, and expecting or predicting that it will move into the frame. I mean, talk about a bit of a leap of faith there with setting that up. Cause then you're going to go and try and stalk in on it. And you're far away from that camera. You can't obviously go back and like change
1: it. But yeah, that you, you got to be pretty keen. I mean, pretty keen, pretty astute and I think that just comes from a lot of time watching animals and and getting close to them and you know seeing when you do something and seeing how they look when they're nervous and like like you said being able to tell the ter- or tell the difference between like oh my god, he's looking at us and and that could even be at close range, right? You know a buck just you know turns his head and he looks at you, but he's maybe looking through you or beyond you, but I agree. It feels like he's like, you're like oh, my God, he's got us, you know, do something. Uh, panic. Yeah. Quick, quick, panic. That's what I do. <laughs> well, there's that. I mean, like if you go
2: out, it's, it's always the funny thing. Like people are like, man, the animals after the season weren't like you could just, you know, they weren't even spooked. Or there's times where it's like before the season and you just have these encounters. Well, it's because you aren't like actively trying to to shoot it. You aren't doing things that are in that like aggressive predator position. And sometimes I've gotten away with things that are like, you know, just like calming down and like treating it like, all right, just another day. I'm just out here taking some video. I'm not even hunting. I'm just a camera guy. I'm just out here cameraing around. (laughs) And then when you're not looking, I pull out my sharp pointy stick. But, um, (laughs) you know, it's like one of those things. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, pay attention to how, well, I mean, even last, last year I was, uh, we were out, we were chucker hunting and it's like the chucker just, you know, like a, a bird would jump up and then like, you just it would be tr- hard to get kind of close shots or whatever. And they just seem so wily and so smart and so cagey. And then like two weeks later, as the season was over and I went to the same area chasing, uh, looking for mountain lions. And it was like, I kept like jumping chucker at my feet and I was like, Damn, dude, they really quieted down after a week. And then I was, and then it clicked in my brain. I was like, no, it's because a chucker jumps up at 40 yards, you get excited, you shoot at that chucker, and then all the other ones further away flush. But when you aren't shooting at that one, and you are like you just keep walking and quiet, and they keep jumping up close. So it's like one of those things like, <laughs> Hey, if I didn't panic on that first bird that jumped out at 60 or 70, I probably would have got in a little bit closer, and they all would have jumped at 15 like they are doing this week. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, So it's just yeah. like looking at it objectively
1: sometimes. Interesting. I like it. There you have that it. That makes a lot of sense. That it does. I'll probably still just keep shooting because I won't be able to stop, but that makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> well, based
0: on this last turkey season, I'd, I'd say, yeah.
1: Two for three is not bad.
0: <laughs> no, no. Two for three isn't bad. But the one that I was there to witness was uh Bad. was I don't know. It was optimistic. I'd say you were optimistic. I was
1: optimistic. There was I yeah, I fired more shots at one bird than I did at two other birds <laughs> this year. Um But hey, stuff See, happens. Yeah, you I lose can't, some you lose some.
0: Stuff happens. I can't talk. I missed a I missed a coos deer that I stuck to twenty-five yards. So, you know, it, it happens.
2: It hey, and I look I'm talking about all this stuff, but I've the only reason I can actually talk about it is because I've made every mistake in the book, you know, and some of the mistakes I've made have been multiple, multiple times in a row. Some I will never learn, <laughs> but there are, you know, there's a few things that you pick up over the years and you're like, yeah, if you can, and a lot of times it's easier said than done. Cause there are those times where I have rushed or it's like, man, that's, it just happens. And that's why we keep doing it. Right. Yeah. So like, it's not always the same. It's always you know, you get that excitement level and it's like, yeah, that, that's what makes it hunting. It makes it exciting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. For sure. Yeah. No, I mean, it's like super cliche, but like if it wasn't exciting, you probably wouldn't be into it, or at least as much as you are. So it's true. What nice. are we? Where are we at, Jim?
0: Oh, I think we, uh, you yeah, know, I think we're, I think we're doing good on time. But, but I mean, really, this, uh, like we said, you ought to go and check out that uh, Trailblazers video there. See some, see some OG. Remy Warren. And uh hopefully though I and I wish I remembered the exact name too for the uh listener out there who want to know the video uh side of things. Hopefully this, you know, answered some of those questions. But uh, it is fun it is fun listening to uh all of the behind the scenes of some of that stuff that you know we really like watching. You watch it on YouTube, you watch it on solo hunter, you watch it all over the place and uh knowing what's actually going on. Uh, behind the camera. Or well, I guess a lot of times you're in front of the camera. You're not necessarily behind the camera, but, you know, it's... Yeah. Uh, both, simultaneous. Yeah, you are both behind and in front of the camera. <laughs> Knowing what's going on, uh, though, behind it for that part of it is uh, is very interesting. For sure, for sure. So it's like lead, follow, or get out of the way, but
2: it's just like lead and follow and be in the way. <laughs> <laughs> you are all three at once. Yeah. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah. sums it up. Yeah. No, I'm super excited for that video to come out. It was fun to just see some of those old clips and stuff. So, yeah, if anybody's out there listening, check it out. It's 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 fun to see where it all some of the older stuff and
1: yeah, that's uh, I mean, yeah, it's fun. It's cool. And maybe maybe this conversation and just even that project of, you know, digging through all that archive footage has inspired uh a new series of uh Remy Warren edited The the OG the OG. We need to see some long Long hair.
0: We need to see some long hair
2: videos. Oh, I got some of those, man. (laughs) 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 The long hair. uh, It was like long hair hippie goose
0: hunting videos. Oh, that sounds
1: (laughs) okay. Well, I mean, I think you've essentially uh, publicly promised everybody to show those videos. Ten out
0: of ten would click on that (laughs) YouTube title. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) sweet but uh, awesome
1: remy yeah i was just gonna say appreciate the time man it's always just super great chatting and 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 a pleasure and insightful always learn something and and it's always a fun conversation so thank you yeah thanks i'm glad i could do it i appreciate it guys thank you very much
0: thank you all right well everybody we will uh catch you next time but as usual let us know what other things you want to hear about so this one uh this one as we mentioned, kind of came as part of a a listener request. So hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, If you're only listening right now and you didn't get to see all of the awesome hand gestures and show and tell things that Remy did, uh, maybe go back and listen again on YouTube. So, (laughs) all right. Awesome. There he is. is. The telephoto lens is back out. All right. Sweet. Thanks, everybody. All right. Thanks, Remy. Bye. Bye. See you.